Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us, the Mouthy Milltowners. Welcome everybody to a, another edition of Mouthy Milltowners, your usual suspects. I'm JT, Mac Banks to my left, Keith Cook. To my right, that is correct, isn't it? Left, right. Yes, and you're I stuck in the middle with us. Just, or something like there's that. There's a song about that. Yeah. yeah there's a song Steeler about Wheel. That. Steeler Who? Well, that's the name of the band. That is the name of the band. Steely Dan? Steely Dan. No. No. Steeler Wheel. Or One Hit Wonder, I Steeler Wheel. Too many jokers to the right. Roethlisberger? Here. Who? Who? <laughs> Big Ben. Yeah. Which is a clock in England. Anyway, Mac has Mac has turned into uh, Clark Griswold in the desert of the very first vacation. Oh my gosh! Where's my sandwich that that dog peed on? You remember <laughs> that, that might part? have something to do with the fact that your wife wants to move. Have you blown out every electrical socket in no, your house? No, that, that I've talked her off that ledge. Have you? Oh, oh you have. Oh well, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, it, is it because Duke Energy kept sending you bill after bill after bill for four hundred dollars in power bills? Ugh. No, that's just the town of Fort Mill for water bills now. Oh, uh, okay. That's. Partially my fault as well. as well. So those long showers you're taking. It's no. So I wouldn't, no okay. No, anyway, moving anyway, on. Moving on. It, it is football season in the mill town of South Carolina, and there were several games on the docket last night, week zero. Now, before we get into the first game, let's just have just about a minute discussion about why it's called week zero because that drives people bananas because you can't start with week but negative one <laughs> it drives me bananas why too. is there yeah. always math but let's but let's talk about why that's there because it is there for a reason um it might not be a reason that people like it might not be a reason that people will say hey that's got a lot of credence to it but here's the situation basically there were schedules that were coming out in the past where everybody started on the same Friday night. And then it got to be a point where some schools, instead of starting on that Friday night, they started the Friday night before, right? So not everybody was kicking off at the same time. That became known as week zero because week one was the following week. Well, it just kind of carried over into the schedule, even though I think by and large, most teams in the state of South Carolina did start last night. Um, in all 46 counties, but still called week zero. So that is the confusion. It's the first week of the season, but it's week zero. Hopefully that makes a little bit more sense, but that's part of the reason why it's called week zero. Um, there was a, a Milltown uh, showdown, but we're going so to talk speak. about the game of the night, in my opinion, in the state of South Carolina. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was the game of the night in the state of South Carolina. Keith Cook's Nation Ford Falcons they cross the Sugar Creek River Bridge over into Lancaster County and take on the Indian Land Warriors under Adam Hastings, who have turned the proverbial corner, if you will, against Michael Allen's Falcons. Both teams with question marks, but both teams with talent. And it didn't start off that well for Nation Ford, but we'll get to the ending in a little bit. But yeah, don't leave the movie too early. That's, that's the warning I'm giving you there, but not the start that Michael Allen wanted from his Falcons. Right, and Indian Land made really quick work of the Falcons' defense in the first quarter, scoring twice almost right away, and they were moving the ball right down the field. Jackson Scheidt seemed to have his way with the Falcons' defense, 
and they were quickly down by two touchdowns and you had to be a little bit worried there but the falcons you know we've we've talked we've beat this horse to death the last couple of years about how Michael Allen knows how to motivate his guys to stay in the game and continue to fight and continue to fight. And so they did that. And they were able to start matching Indian Land score for score. And you, you get to 14-14, and then Indian Land scores before the half is 21-14. And you start thinking, okay, well, they're close enough and they're within range. And then the third quarter opens up and Nation Ford gets the ball. And we were talking about this before the show about how it's odd that a team will win the toss and take the ball to start with. Because if you look around the entire football playing world, you know, like the entire grit eating world and my cousin Vinny, and you would have to say, (laughs) what's a grit? (laughs) The Utes. So the Utes that were on the field at that time, but you know, you've got to figure probably 98% of people that win the toss, they defer to the second half. Well, this wasn't the case in this game. Even offensive coaches do that. Right. And so Nation Ford got the ball to open the second half, and it was a long drive, but they just got stuck in quicksand, could not, could not get past it. Indian Land then took over, and they had the ball the rest of the third quarter, well, most of the third quarter anyway, and just wore that defense out. So you have to figure once Indian Land got up 28-14, to 14, things were going to get a little, little sour there for the Falcons faithful. But enter the fourth quarter. And the fourth quarter was a complete opposite of what the first quarter was for Nation Ford, where Indian Land seemed to have their way. And then Indian Land got stuck in the mud a little bit. And the Falcons, led by junior quarterback Caden Barnett, were able to rally and... It was it was one of the most incredible things I'd ever witnessed for for Nation Ford, being able to come down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter when they just could not score at all during the rest of the game, found a way to get to the game to within one by scoring a last second touchdown, literally a last second touchdown in the fourth quarter, and it was Lucas Bars I believe is who scored that Bars, one. B A R Z. Yep. Yep. And. Um, so then it's decision time, and Coach Allen is sitting there. Apparently, from what, what I understand, within, within six minutes to go in the game, they decided that if they scored that tying touchdown, they were going for the win on the road, which you hear that a lot. You, know, you want to go for the go win on the road. You want to salvage the tie at home. So they get down there, and they get to the two-yard line. The offense comes out, and then there's a penalty. And that was something that Nation Ford had been shooting their, themselves in the foot all night long with penalties. And so it backs it up to the seven. So if you're a Falcons fan, you're thinking, okay, let's go ahead and get this kick in. We'll you know, take our chances in overtime. Nope, not Coach Allen. Uh, the the brass you-know-whats came out for him, and yeah. he decided to go for two anyway. And Caden Barnett finds Josh Amato in the corner for the two-point conversion. Falcons win, and everybody in Indian land is just sitting there with their, their jaws wide open trying to figure out what happened because if you remember last year in the playoffs, Indian it's, land lost in a similar fashion to Westwood. It was deja vu almost all right. over again. Yeah, so they, you got to wonder what's going on down there. And, and Coach Hastings is probably sitting there scratching his head thinking, wow, you know, this is, this is uh, deja vu. This is not good. But, you know, they'll, they'll pick it up, no doubt. But. I will say this was a total team effort on the fa- on the part of the Falcons. Names, different names, are being called all night long. Of course, you had the connection between Barnett and Ameo all all night long, which you're going to see that all season. 
but different players were stepping up and making plays throughout that game, and it was a total, complete team effort. And to me, the turning point was when uh, Jackson Scheidt, the quarterback for Indian Land, went down with an injury, and they had to leave it to a freshman, Patterson, to be able to try and close that game out. And Nation Ford kind of figured out what he was trying to do in terms of his wildcat, and they ended up shutting him down, getting a, a, a late interception to give them the opportunity to tie the ball game. And I think that was the turning point, and Nation Ford saw the blood in the water, and they ended up attacking him. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I was not able to attend any game last night, health reasons, but so I was watching and listening to that to the Nation Ford game while also keeping an eye on Fort Milk-Dobberidge, multitasking, not my forte. But one thing that I, I actually said out loud to my family watching in the living room, I said, I don't care how this two-point conversion ends up. I tip my cap to head coach Michael Allen. 99% of coaches, high school coaches in this country, after a five-yard motion penalty, now the ball is at the seven. Almost everybody worth their salt. All right, kicking team, go out there. Not Michael Allen. No. But the fact that he said with six minutes to go, he told his offense coordinator, David Johnson, listen, we get a chance here at the end. We're going for two. I love that for multiple reasons. Number one, it shows a lot of faith in his kids. Mm -hmm. And Michael Allen has a lot of faith in his guys. He, he does not – there's no riverboat Ron kind of thing. That's just how he operates. That's how he rolls. Right? You put trust in those kids and, and let them deliver, and they did. But the second part is it gave Coach Johnson a chance to think for a little while, okay, what place do we have in our book that Indian Land hasn't seen so far? Where can we pull the curtain back a little bit and go, gotcha? And it gives the offense coordinator, instead of plopping it on them at the last second, because he had no timeouts left. Right. So you can't really take the timeout and think about it, but it gave Coach Johnson a chance. And it doesn't take Coach Johnson long either. No. But he had six minutes to think about, all right, if we get this opportunity, we're going we're gonna to take it. The thing about it, the game to me was the Falcons' throw game early on seemed to be in, in good rhythm. The third quarter, it was just out of sync. But it was the running game for Nation Ford, and we think it's Gowdy who was wearing number 24. That's what in we believe. In the fourth quarter, he, he carried the man. He was, it was that spread formation, but he's that scat back, the, the jitterbug. It was the running game for Nation Ford that kept moving the football, extending drives. But that Nation Ford defense, we talked about it preseason, the no-name defense, I think you're going to start to see some of these guys become actual household names now. The, fourth, the, the stop on fourth down, the turnover, that gave the Falcons a chance. But on that game-winning drive, go back to the 41-yard line, it was fourth and two for the Falcons. So it wasn't all biscuits and gravy getting down to the goal line. Right. And by the way, the touchdown, the game-winning – or the, 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 the touchdown that got him within a point was a 31-yard pass. Uh, and so it wasn't – that was, the, by the way, the second touchdown of the night from 31 yards out. Uh, by the way, just funny numbers <laughs> there. But that two-point conversion – so if you look at the official scorebook, the Nation Four Falcons led for zero minutes and zero seconds. Because exactly because the touchdown minutes. was scored with zeros on the clock, right. and there's no clock on a two-point conversion. Yep. But they won the football game. That's the kind of comeback, that's the kind of come-from-behind effort that can be a springboard for a football team. It really can, especially against a team you know really well that wants nothing more than your scalp. And by the way, a little revenge 
for Nation Forward because Indian Land took their scalp last year at the Nest. So right. kind of a kind of taking some of the bragging rights back across the Sugar Creek Bridge. Yeah, and that's that's just it. Is that we even talked about this last week that you get some of these early season wins against some of these rival high schools that you have, and you know, obviously Indian Land and Nation Ford don't have as deep a rivalry as some as say maybe Fort Mill and Indian Land, but the four schools that are within this range here, they feel like they're rivals to each other, and they love to beat up on each other when they have, when they get the opportunity. So you go down there and you play a game like that where you were behind the entire game find a way to go to their place and win it i mean that speaks volumes and, and you know these guys are riding high but but coach allen isn't going to let them get too high for too long oh no monday afternoon there's going to be some humble pie especially uh, when york is coming to call football stadium. <laughs> well he he knows how to bring them back down i do know for a fact that indian land for some reason really does not like nation ford when it comes to football I think they're more okay with Fort Mill, but for whatever reason, and I think it's those early beatings, you know, years ago when when Indyland was down some and Nation Ford was on the rise. But um, yeah, Indyland really does not like Nation Ford for whatever reason. I mean, they have their own justification for it, but you know. Last year, I was talking to Coach Hastings before Fort Mill played at Indyland, and he made the comment to me that. There is a little bit of a, a bit between their teeth because three-fourths of those young men have a home address that says Fort Mill, South Carolina, even though Indian Land is its own thing. So there is something special about that to them, whether it's Nation Ford or Fort Mill or Catawba Ridge. So, um, but it doesn't get easier for Nation Ford. Next week, uh, week one, but even though it's the second week of the season, we've already talked week about one, that. Week one, two, zero, whatever here, it is. And here we go again. It's the teacher versus the student and it's it's nation ford it's catawba ridge um of course zach lendak spent was it nine years seven years as the offense coordinator under michael allen there's a crap ton of respect between those two gentlemen for each other they still talk to each other all the time uh friends really uh so i i don't think there'll be a whole lot of chatting this week uh, because it's go time. Well, but I think I think Nafo's got York, and then oh, York. I'm sorry, and then Catawba Ridge. And Catawba yeah. Ridge. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's student teacher. Yeah, it is, and we we'll see how that pans out. But speaking of Catawba Ridge, we'll move over to the game that between the two Milltown teams. That was Catawba Ridge in the pit at home after it was named. Was it the top? Stadium for environment top and top stadium 10, environment top in um, South Carolina high school football. They do raise the roof over there. I'll say that. And if you look, it's not at a dome. The, sorry, it's not a dome. It's not a dome. They can't raise the roof. They can't raise the roof. Well, it's the clouds. The clouds. The clouds. That's what it is <laughs> over the swamp or the pit. I get confused. I get confused. I do. I, it doesn't take much. But if you saw the pictures of not only the home stands but the away stands. I think the fire marshal might have had a little squirrely feeling. That that was a lot of humanity in one football stadium yeah. right there. Uh, a great showing by both teams. They Fort, were ready to go. Fort Mill fans, it looked like they came in a little bit later, and I don't know if that was a parking issue because when I was leaving, it looked like that scene out of Field of Dreams where there's just like red tail lights trying to figure their way out of the thing. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think parking might have been an issue. I know they were having overflow parking at Forest Creek Middle, which is across the street from Catawba Ridge. So, 
but no, it was it was a nice contingency for both, and it helps when you're it's the opening game, so to speak, of the season. That helps too. I tell you what, they, you see the picture of the home stands. I'm not sure they could have fit another green and gold fan in there with a, a basically any kind of a shoehorn. I mean, they they were squeezed in like sardines, but made a heck of a lot of noise. You could hear it. Um, I would again was listening and watching that game as well. Uh, TV, iPad, had it all rolling. Um, in that game, you kind of wondered, okay, both teams have question marks at quarterback, and some of those questions got answered. Some of them didn't. Catawba Ridge kind of jumped out to the early lead, but Fort Mill didn't go away. No, Fort Mill, they hung in there. Um, I think there was one pivotal series by Fort Mill that they got stopped at the two-yard line. In my opinion, that kind of swung the momentum um, in Catawba Ridge's way. But for no Fort Mill, I mean, it wasn't a blowout. It wasn't like last year. They they hung with them the first half. The one thing that really helped Fort Mill was the number of penalties that Catawba Ridge had. I mean, they had a bulk load of penalties, um, I think 129 yards worth of penalties, 13 penalties. And, Coach and, Lindak has a special, uh, air quote, activity for those yeah, young men who yeah, commit and those penalties. He said that – Similar to polls. Uh, Monday <laughs> well, will not be a yeah. very nice day for those gentlemen. He said that a lot of it was, you know, first game mistakes. And their offensive line is very young. So it's a lot of, you know, mental mistakes, which turns into physical mistakes. But there was also a lot of – and I, he also said that it's an emotional game, which you understand when it's two in-town rivals facing each other. But – there was a lot of personal foul stuff that shouldn't have happened um, that Fort Mill, you know, tried to take advantage of. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. But a lot of chippiness on, on you know, at least from Catawba Ridge's standpoint. But I know Lindak was not happy about that. And, again, I think that's something he's going to obviously take care of come Monday. Um, yeah, they got Charlotte Christian coming to them this coming Friday night for week one. So, That'll be, a, I think, a more competitive game for them, and that's something that, you know, those personal fouls, those penalties, they're going to have to quickly go down if they want to uh, stay in the win column. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think wasn't it Colin Martin hit Tanner Mays Correct for a touchdown? Was it 38 yards, 30-something 30, 30 yards? 31, 38. And that made it 21-14, I believe. It was um, – I think it made it. It's fourteen. It was either fourteen apiece or twenty-one fourteen at the time. And where where I'm going with it is, is that Catawba Ridge before the sequence you were talking about, Mac. Catawba Ridge had the football, drove all the way deep inside the red zone of Fort Mill, and it was a chip shot field goal that Catawba Ridge missed. And I know that special teams has been one of those things where a lot of teams have a lot of question marks. I I think all three teams in the town have question marks when it comes to special teams. Um, so when you lose talent, like Reed Richardson and Nation 4, when you lose guys like that, you, the next person's got to step up, and it takes time. So you you miss that chip shot field goal. Fort Mill is able to get the ball to midfield, and that's when there was a sequence that was really weird, and it's something I've never seen before. There was a face mask penalty on a play, and then back-to-back – unsportsmanlike conducts that were both in force. So now all of a sudden the ball's at the nine, first and right. goal, where the play ended at midfield. 
So then Fort Mill gets it all the way down to the two, and I think it was a was yeah. it a fourth down call. And it was 14-7 at that point. You know, you can always look back and say, you know, what if, but they got down to the two. Fort Mill tried punching it in. They didn't get it. Um, so, Catawba Ridge, I think it was 21. It was 21-14 at that point. And then Catawba Ridge gets the ball at the two and then goes down and kicks a 24-yard field goal to go up 24-14 at the half, roughly, and Fort Mill never scored again. To me, where momentum swung right there was not – it's defense turning into offense because the first play from scrimmage for the Copperheads, all Ira Mister did was rip off a 29-yard run. So it went from the 2 to the 31 like that. And now all of a sudden, all the momentum swings to the green and gold, and they took advantage. And, and that, that really is – you can make an argument that's a 10-point swing. Fort Mill ties the game up, but instead Copperheads kick a field goal right before the half – uh, and they take a 10-point lead into the half. The second half, and, and Quinn Kelly started the game for Fort Mill, then it went to Colin Martin. Right. Uh, so there were question marks for Fort Mill at quarterback. For Catawba Ridge, it was Latimer. It was Latimer, Latimer. Showing basically he can run and throw, but they did lean on Mr. We knew that going in. Yeah, and, and the run games really would power them last, you know, in their first week. So, um most of it came from Latimer or Mister. Mister ran for I think, let's see, 143 yards on 22 carries and three touchdowns. Latimer went 148 on 11 of 19 passing, but he also ran for 128 yards on 14 carries. So that's that was kind of the big thing that that propelled them in their game against Fort Mill. So and you figure that's just an average game for Mister, you know, especially yeah, this but year. Five, over 500 yards of a, offense. A buck 40 is an average game for a guy, but that's how highly touted Ira Mister is. And and for a quarterback like Latimer to have a, a buck 28, think about it, 517 yards of total offense and two guys are making up basically over half of it right. by themselves with the run game. Right. And 129 yards in penalties. So, I mean. And, and there you go. And, and you go and you look at the total offense for Fort Mill, and I think their total offense ended up being somewhere around 100 and. 108, roughly. Yeah, 108 yards. Take, yeah. Um, you know, they had their penalty issues as well, but not, not nearly as bad as Catawba Ridge. But the Catawba Ridge defense looked real good, especially to start with. Um, like, Fort Mill's first five plays, four of them were for negative yards. And they were like, you know, three and out, punt, three and out, punt. And, you know, they couldn't really seem to get anything going until they made that quarterback switch. You know, you, you seem to think now maybe going forward, Colin Martin's a guy for Fort Mill under center. Well, and Fort Mill did what something Rob McNeely talks about is getting forcing turnovers and turning turnovers into points. Well, Fort Mill did that. Braylon Thomas picked up a fumble. And I think rumbled in from 36 yards out. That was the other seven points for the Yellow Jackets. So anytime Fort Mill can do that, uh, that's right in Rob McNeely's wheelhouse. He, you're putting points on the board with the defense. So that's helping the offense out. But I give all the credit to you, Mac. And I don't know if we said it on the air or if it was an outtake. But you said before the first ball was even kicked, you said it'll be closer than people think in the first half. And then in the second half, Catawba Ridge's talent and that run game will start to 
kind of push its wear elbows down, out, yeah. wear them down a little bit, and the final score will be not one-sided, but it... it he did it, say that look, last week he on He did. There. He yep. said those he words, sure so well, you nailed it. Well, it's just a matter of the thing with Catawba Ridge is they're young up front. They're real young with their offensive line. The quarterback, despite having time under center last year, is still young. Their backup is obviously young. They got young receivers. And it's an emotional game. Everybody's hyped up for it. It's really when stuff really starts counting. And, you know, I know Fort Mills – lost like 16 in a row but they've they came out they're scrappy you know you punch them in the face they're going to punch back you know figuratively speaking but it was close and and because of the youth and the youthfulness that Stubbridge has they made those early mistakes and that's kind of what you know coach McNeely was trying to capitalize on for Fort Mill and in a way he did you know with the fumbles you know I'm if I'm not mistaken I think Catawba Ridge fumbled four or five times, uh, lost two of those, and of course one of those Fort Mill took advantage of. So, but it was close. Um, I think again that big momentum swing really happened where right before the half, you know, Fort Mill had it at the two, couldn't get it in. Catawba Ridge got the ball, went down, and and got at least three points out of it. They, you know, they were obviously going for a touchdown, but went up by 10 at the half instead of, you know, only having a seven-point lead. Came out in the second half, you know, it was Mr., it was Latimer, it was Mr., it was Latimer. It was kind of back and forth. They took advantage of it, and, you know, they went up and, and scored early, and then that kind of took any wind out of Fort Mill cells, and they just started pulling away at that point. And so Catawba Ridge will move on next week. They'll take on Charlotte Christian. So that team will venture across the state line. That game is in the pit, by the way. Kind of an interesting schedule for Catawba Ridge. The home game last night, they play at home again next week. Then they don't see home field again for about a month. They go on the road three straight times. um, And then they play South Point to start region play back in uh, the pit. And just trying to go off the top of my head, I'm trying – I know – it's at Nation Ford, then it's at Ardry Kell, and I'm trying to remember the next one anyway. But that's tomorrow or next Friday night is Charlotte Christian for the Yellow Jackets of Fort Mill. They've got to go on the road down to the home of the Cyclones, Chester High School. All Chester did last night, by the way, was boat race Lancaster, forty-three to nothing, to six, to six, yeah, or oh, seven, six or seven, six, six or remember. seven. But that was at Lancaster, so you know. Uh, no rest for the weary, and, and Chester has a quarterback named Trooper Floyd, so that'll be a tall task for Fort Mill. Not to say that it can't be done, but they're going to have to play a really good football game. And by the way, just to keep in the back of your mind, Chester is not like one of these new-age stadiums where they're playing on the artificial turf where it's relatively flat. It's the old-school grass field with the crest in the middle. doesn't seem like a lot, but if you're not used to playing on that kind of surface, it can take you a little bit of time to get used to it so a little home field advantage for chester and for victor floyd so you'll be uh, happy if the grass is cut it, well the grass well it'll look nice it'll have nice and painted and everything it'll be yeah really, their really home nice. opener and it's 40 yes. it was 42 to 6 that was the final yep. yeah so the uh the house that robert earl carter built the chester cyclones former tight end for the cyclones so that's the next games for catawba ridge and for fort mill football was not the only sport that got going this past week uh, they've teed it up with golf, uh, girls' golf in particular. Four, 
Sorry. Four, five. Four. Thought I just math. thought I had to scream and we start talking about math. golf. The Yellow Jackets of Fort Mill off to a very quick 2-0 and start, Mac. Yeah, they, uh, they're they averaging 180 per round because, um, you know, they played twice and both times they've shot 180, which is pretty uh, pretty cool considering. That's what we shoot on the front nine. Yeah, well, yeah, as an individual, not, yeah. a, not a team. If you're lucky. As an individual, <laughs> lucky, not a team. Yeah. But uh, now they teed it up in really – the first day of any type of eligible play for high school league sports was August 14th in Fort Mill Wasted No Time. Teed it up at the Cove at TK Golf Club. Uh, beat Clover 180-11, to which is obviously a region match. Um, they shot in the 40s, so you can tell it early rounds they you know were kind of new to this for the season. Mackenzie Finn, Sam Benton both shot rounds of 44. Kayla Capuzzo and then Claire Collins shot rounds of 46. So consistent. Uh, they came back two days later. They were supposed to play the 15th, but I think Mother Nature kind of interfered in that. Came back two days later to play Indianland. And again at TKK, shot 180. Indianland shot 202. Uh, this time Benton went under 40, shot her round of 39. Uh, McKenzie Finn with a 43, Collins with a 48, and then Capuzzo finished with a 50. So now they're 2-0, and and they will look to take on uh, York in a couple in on the 24th, which is, I think, a week, roughly, less than a week. Um, they'll take on York at Spring Lake Country Club, and then they'll be back home against the Copperheads, the Lady Copperheads, at TKK on August 29th. So good start for Fort Mill. Um, I know it's the start of the coach, you know, Sims Reeves wanted, and uh, we'll see how they go. They got a lot of experience. Sam Benton, uh, good golfer. Mackenzie Finn, good golfer. Uh, Kayla Capuzzo has got the name. I mean, so her family's known for its golfing. Uh, her brother golfed at here at Fort Mill, and then thank you, golfer Winthrop. So um, they've got they've got a lot of talent there, and as Usually, as the season goes, scores start going lower and lower. Um, courses get tougher. You know, they don't necessarily play everything at local courses at uh, Fort Mill or, or TGK or places like that. But, uh, yeah, it's a good start for them and, you know, bright futures ahead. But the Yellow Jackets weren't the only team to tee it up. No, um, I think I think – for golf-wise, I think so far they are. Uh, volleyball started for both um, Fort Mill and NAFO. Uh, they're participating in the North-South um, Volleyball Tournament, which is being held at the uh, Raquel Event Center. Both Fort Mill and Nation Ford started 2-0, and so that's good. And it's just one of these – it kind of takes the place of the Falcon Invitational that was held at – nation ford but the rock hill event center is obviously a bigger facility than the nation ford high school you can get more teams in there's more courts so um yeah those that's kind of happening as we speak so good good start for them and you look at the, the for for girls volleyball and it's kind of weird to say that because for so many now years there's boys volleyball, volleyball and right. now there's boys volleyball for girls volleyball uh coach alicia lisi for katapa ridge craig brown the man, the myth, the legend over Nation Ford, and then Michaela McCrory at Fort Mill. Those are three really good coaches. 
And so I have a feeling those three teams are going to spend a lot of the time early on beating the snot out of each other, get ready for region play, and then Nation Ford and Fort Mill in region play. So those should be some knockdown dragouts. But some of these teams they're facing down at the Rock Hill uh, Sports and Convention, is this is not your just a cupcake you. This, some of these teams can play, and but so far the local teams have kind of flexed their muscles a little bit. I think it helps being somewhat at home, having some familiarity playing there. You know, a lot of these teams, it's a hour, two hour bus ride to get up here. It's a two day tournament. You got to get hotels. You got to get you know stuff like that. So just being unfamiliar with the area, unfamiliar with playing in a in a facility like the down in Rock Hill, it, it doesn't necessarily help them. You know, it's like any team going on the road playing somewhere new for the first time. You're not familiar with it. You know, Fort Mill Nation Ford. You know, it's a 10 minute bus ride, maybe 15 with traffic, especially in Rock Hill. But um, you know, you get to come back home. You get to sleep in your own bed. You know, it's not it's not too terribly long. It's not like a trip down to Wando or anything like that. So I think that helps local teams. Well, Forest View has probably the shortest ride of all the other schools, seeing as they're just right over the right York over the County line. line over there in Gastonia. But and I think uh, Nation Ford, they took on Forest they, View. And, who, and then Dreer. And then Dreer. And, and, and Forest View was undefeated coming in, so that's a big win for them. And Dreer is typically no slouch when it comes to volleyball either. And then the Falcons had to get back up on the horse today. Nine o'clock, they they were playing Davidson Day. I haven't seen uh, any score on that. But Davidson Day, also a power in the independent league up in North Carolina. They were undefeated coming into this game. So this will be a good test for Nation Ford. And, and of course, Fort Mills having to battle some pretty tough teams as well. Yeah, Lower Richland, they beat them uh Yesterday evening, Fort Mill actually had to play back-to-back 5.30 and then turn around at 7.30. Defeated Lower Richland 2-zip and then beat the Silver Foxes of Dutch Fork. No love lost between Fort Mill and Dutch Fork. Not at all. I don't all. care if it's tiddlywinks or underwater basket weaving. There's no love lost between those two schools. A 2-0 victory for the Jackets. And, Keith, they, they go to town at 1 o'clock today against North Raleigh Christian Academy who rolls into that contest 5-0. and well, and they, So that'll I, be a test for Coach McCrory and her Lady Jackets. I believe North Raleigh, if I'm not mistaken, they've won a handful of state titles up there in the in the you know the the, the North Carolina independent schools have different different um, I guess levels, if you will, kind of like the 5A, 4A, 3A here in South Carolina. So North Raleigh, I, I believe, falls in just below the the bigger schools of Charlotte Christian, Charlotte Latin, Country Day, Providence Day. But I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken, I am. I've been told that many times at home. Uh, just that, ask our spouses. They that's can, right. They that they count the times. That they're they're pretty strong in volleyball on a 5-0 and record. I don't care who you're playing against. That's uh, pretty impressive. And for Catawba Ridge, uh, they've got it listed as 0-1 on the season. They were supposed to play Robinson out of Concord. Uh, there was not a, a, a score for that. But then they turned around and played uh, T.C. Robertson out of uh, Asheville and lost that one 2-1. to And then the Copperheads the, on a Saturday morning – uh, this that's brutal. Saturday morning, but taking on Cardinal Newman. So, and I haven't seen a score for that in the North South Invitational. So, volleyball getting re- uh, ready to go. So, and it's not just girls volleyball anymore; it's boys volleyball. So that makes twenty sports now that Fort Mill schools are having to engage in. So that's just 
one more sport to to have to to cover but we're more than happy to cover it uh from what we understand there have been some folks that have covered prep sports for a long time uh and they've covered the town of fort mill and apparently what i hear through the grapevine is that will no longer be the case but rest assured my friends anything you need to know about what's going on in the mill town all three high schools all 20 sports we've got you covered you got a question for us let us know Send us a message. If we don't have the final score, we will sure as heck find out what it is. We'll find out who the stars of the game were and give you all the information. We'll heap praise where it is deserved. So uh, don't worry about that. We've got it all covered from from football to girls golf to the volleyball all the way to the spring sports uh, with baseball, softball, and all that. We've got it all covered for you right here at the Malley Milltowners. Mac Banks is on, uh, is it still Twitter or is it called X? I don't understand. X is Twitter. Twitter is X. I don't know. Right. I don't know if it's that was a, as clear as mud. Thanks for that. It's a split personality. It's, is that what it is? It's hell. I don't know. It's or is it's, it a personality disorder? Nobody knows. I don't really. I don't know. Instead anyway, of, but instead of a tweet, it's, it's now a post. Okay. It's X, formerly known as Twitter, as in Prince, formerly, formerly known, known as that as symbol, symbol, or the symbol formerly the known as Prince. Formerly known as Prince. Right. Yeah. I am so confused. Yeah. Me too. So there's still Facebook. Thank goodness it still works the same way as it used to. And then there's Instagram. We're on all three of those platforms. So um, what else we got, guys? That's about it. I mean, week one officially coming up in a couple weeks. I mean, or this coming week. So it'll be interesting to see if if those who won in week zero can keep the ball rolling. And if those who lost can, uh, you know, switch it up a little bit and, and correct some mistakes and, and get the wins that uh, they're searching for. Well, you know, we talked about how the spring is usually the the time when we're the busiest and we're covering, you know, just about everything under the sun. And here we are. We had that lull during baseball, after baseball ended, then we had American Legion, which was good to tide us over to, to this this part of the year. And here we are in the fall and we're all going to be pretty busy trying to keep up with everybody at these schools. But we will do it, as you mentioned, uh, based off that tweet that Fort Mill will have very little coverage in the media. I strenuously object to that message. There will be a lot of coverage. All three high schools, all 20 sports, we got it. We got it all covered. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's a, on Monday, August 21st, there's a, which is first day of school, there's a try match between all three newly formed boys volleyball teams scheduled for Nation Ford. So it'll be interesting to see how that looks and how how that operates and how the flow of that goes. So it's like a wrestling thing. The try match, it's yeah. A, it's a try. <laughs> it's a death match. Three well, it might teams be. all in the ring at the same time. Maybe you got a bunch of former football players out there on the volleyball court for all three schools. There's a headache for you. Good luck with all that. So, but but if you're interested to see what the boys' volleyball teams look like, head over to the nest on Monday night. Check it out. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Coach Brown, the Falcons, and Coach Johnson, the athletic director, are there. More than welcome. Plenty. Good seats available, as it were. More than likely. Since you don't know what's going on with these teams, you don't know who's good and who's not. So that's just going to be something that we'll be able to watch grow over the years because this is, what, year zero? 
that this, uh, and that's a great one. question. Is it w- year zero? It Does it be. follow the same? That's a great point. I don't yeah. really know. But one thing about it is, will it be rusty? Sure, it will be. But everybody's going to be rusty because this is the first year the South Carolina High School League has allowed this to take place. So everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's in the same boat. But I will say this. From what I understand from all three high schools in the town, there wasn't a lack of interest. There was a lot of boys that turned out that wanted to play volleyball. Yeah, and I think, I mean, technically maybe it's year one. I know the past couple years, your 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 bigger schools like Dorman, Clover has had, you know, they've played like a handful of games last year. And then there, it wasn't, even though it wasn't sanctioned, there was like a little tournament at the end of the season. I think Dorman's won back-to-back. Stop me if I'm wrong, but back-to-back state titles maybe in boys volleyball. It's so it's big so, at the college. It level wasn't. Too, it wasn't necessarily so it sanctioned, it but is, yeah. now it is. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, we so, never thought we'd see girls lacrosse, but here, you know, and it's a, a great sport and very entertaining. Speaking of, Reese Madoff has committed to a school in Florida. It escapes my name to continue her athletic and academic career with lacrosse. Congratulations to her. Glad you brought that up. Fort Mill baseball player John Dober is committed to play for the Patriots of Francis Marion. So a rising senior for the Jackets. uh, Big bad John, as we call him. Um, First baseman also can pitch. He's got a screamer of a of a fastball, so he'll do great for the Patriots of Francis Marion. So, yeah, local high school talent going on to the next level and doing great things, and we're proud of every single one of them um, out there doing a great job. I always take a lot of pride in looking at the posts from parents where uh, they've gone on to school X, Y, or Z, and they're just doing all kinds of great things both in and out of the classroom. And I, I don't know about you guys, but – my chest kind of sticks out a little bit and just makes me really, really proud uh, to be a part of this town and just the amount of student athletes that come just bubbling out of this place. It's amazing, especially from a town that geographically is not very big. Right. And, and just like you said, it's not just the athletic success that they've had, which we obviously enjoy being. That's what we talk about from week to week, but the academic success as well, all the graduations we see. The school that Reese is going to is called Kaiser University. They're in West Palm Beach, Florida, which ain't a bad place That's to visit. That's suck. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going, West Palm Beach, Florida? Well, hallelujah. I'd say. She but, won't be but, packing her winter clothes. But unlike us, right. they actually are enjoying success in the classroom. I, wouldn't, I can't speak for you guys, but me, I was just a BC student. Just like to make sure everybody remembers that. Well, I'd have been an F student if I went to a school like that or to UNC Wilmington but or F Coastal. does stand for fantastic or... Uh. Not in my household, it didn't. Fail. <laughs> BC as in BC powders, or are you more of a goody guy? Well, my mother needed whatever's a lot available. Of BC powders when she read my report card, no doubt about that. You need to put more effort into it. Yeah, I know. I know. Lack of effort. But that's going to wrap it up for this week of Mouthy Milltowners. Again, a lot of great stuff going on in the town. Next week's episode, we'll, we're going to talk more about football. We'll talk more about volleyball. Uh, both boys and girls will talk about golf as well as all these fall sports starts to kick off a little bit. Try to stay cool this week. You look at the temperatures, it's going to be around mid-90s every single day. So hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Get out and support these teams. Uh, it doesn't take much, about 5 bucks to get into a lot of these things. 
Um, a lot of the tickets are mobile, so keep that in mind. And if you're looking for uh, football to see, there's a lot of good football coming up on Friday night. Uh, Nation Four takes on the York Cougars. Catawba Ridge will take. They will welcome Charlotte Christian to the pit. Fort Mill on the road at Chester. But on behalf of my friends Keith Cook, Mac Banks, I'm JT. We'll see you crazy kids next week for another edition of Miley Milltowners. And until then, so long, everybody.